Amen. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Mark 1, 16 through 19, 20. And it reads, As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in the boat mending their nets. Immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The word of God for the people of God. Most gracious God, Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, that you dwell with us. Lord, we ask that you would be in this moment everything that we need. Help us because we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. On last week, we began a, a series entitled Living the Good Life. And, and the title of last week's message was The Good Life is Not What You Think It Is. And we found out in that message that, that the good life, even though the, the world standard would measure it based on what you have acquired, God's standard means that it's not measured in dollars and cents. It's not measured by how big your house is. It's not measured by how fast or how expensive your car is. It is not measured by what your 401k, your investments, or, or what your bank account and savings account looks like. The, the good life is bigger than that. We, we looked at the fact that there are some people that seem to have it all that are still alone, that are still miserable, that are still struggling, that are still depressed, that are still suicidal. And even though they have the whole world, hmm, they still aren't living the good life. We have talked about how there are, are, are people that, that, that live in small houses that, that can't even afford a bus pass, more or less a car, that walk everywhere they go. They have this joy, unspeakable joy that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. They have this joy that, that makes no sense to onlookers because it looks like they have nothing, but because of the God that they serve, because of the purpose on their life, because of the love that they give to the world that God has blessed them to be in, they literally have everything. They are indeed living the good life. You see, living the good life has to be more than stuff. It has to be more than riches. It has to be more than what, what, what people see uh, uh, in that small part of your life that you allow them to see. It, it has to be bigger than that because it is bigger than that. Now, I made a statement last week, uh, it's okay to have stuff, but don't let stuff have you. And then I said, ah, that might not make sense. We'll talk about it later. Well, guess what? We're talking about it today. It, it, I, 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 I have said a lot about how it is not the stuff that makes your life good, but I, I want you to know that it's not wrong to have stuff. 
It's not wrong for God to have blessed you with a nice house. I praise God for, for having a nice house. It's not wrong that you drive a nice car. It's not wrong that you have prepared for your retirement. It's not wrong that, that you have investments. The, the, the uh, money in itself is not the root of all evil. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. For the scripture says that money answereth all things, but the love of money will take you to a place you don't want to go. And so as we begin to look at living the good life, as we begin to uh, reevaluate what that means for us, as we, as we endeavor to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable to God, we, we have to understand it's not about the stuff, it's about the God of the stuff. It is about the God that said to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousnesses. It is about the God that, that gave up his only begotten son that, that we might have life. It, it, it is about a God that wants the best for us, that, that seeks to protect us, to provide for us, and to propel us into our purpose. The good life has everything to do with where God wants you to be and not living up to the standard of men. It is living the good life. So in today's scripture, I'm already off notes, is what it is. In today's scripture, we find Jesus calling his disciples. We see that he is walking uh, by the Sea of Galilee and he sees a fisherman and he sees uh, fishermen and business owners and, and he calls them and they follow him. It, 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 it amazes me because as I begin to look at this scripture in the beginning of the chapter, uh, Mark is very careful to tell us exactly who Jesus is. He, he is very careful to let us know that he is the Messiah, that he is the one that we've been looking for. He is, he is very careful to let us know that, that the hymn that they are following is the hymn that they should be following. He is very careful to let us know as we begin to look through the scriptures, that these, that these, these disciples now of Jesus uh, uh, had spent time with John the Baptist. These disciples uh, knew, uh, had an idea of what Jesus was to be, but the reality of it is when Jesus said, follow me, they didn't have the complete roadmap. They didn't have the cliff notes. They didn't know what every day was going to look like or what was to follow. So this indeed was a leap of faith. When Jesus said, follow me, uh, he didn't say, follow me into the mansions of the every kingdom. He didn't say, follow me to the fastest, they didn't have cars, the fastest camels and colts and horses. He, he didn't say, say, follow me into a place where uh, uh, riches would be running wild here on this earth. What he said was, follow me into the wilderness. Follow me into purposeful living. Follow me into the place that God has ordained. Follow me. And though you are a fisher today and you may be successful, I will teach you a different way to fish and make you impactful beyond your wildest dreams as now you don't fish for that which is found in lakes, but you will fish for men. Though you may be a business owner and you are successful enough to even have people that work for you, if you will come and follow me, then I will give purpose to the business acumen that has been placed inside of you and allow you to do things that you never thought you would do. You see, in, in my, my heart of hearts and in my mind of minds, as I look at the words in this scripture, what I hear Jesus saying is, follow me and I will show you the good life. 
follow me and I will show you how you can walk in a life where you have more, more bills than check and still have joy. Follow me where, where you can be oppressed and talked about and still have a knowing within yourself that says that I am on the right track and I should be able to move forward. Follow me and I will show you uh, what courageous faith looks like and how we can impact the world for generations and generations. Follow me and I will show you the good life, a life that is well lived, a life that is full of purpose, a life that is guided by, by the God of our salvation, a life that means something, a life that leaves an inheritance. That is the good life. almost tempted not to use this illustration, but I'm using it. So there's this, this gentleman called Mr. Burns in The Simpsons. Y'all know, have y'all seen The Simpsons? Ah, you haven't seen The Simpsons. All right, so it's a cartoon series. And Mr. Burns has everything. He owns the nuclear power plant. He has all the cars, the houses, the assistants. He has everything. And he goes to bed every night miserable. He, and he, and it, is, it is his, his, his drive in life to make as many people as he can miserable so that he feels better about himself. And as everybody else looks at Mr. Burns, they say, Mr. Burns has the good life. He doesn't want for anything. And Mr. Burns is one of the most miserable old men you will ever meet, you would have ever met if you were a cartoon in your life. But in the same series, they have this, <laughs> this family of characters. They get so much wrong, it is ridiculous. We don't have time to talk about how much stuff they get wrong. We, 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 we don't have time to talk about the dysfunction that is found in their family. We don't have time to talk about the mistakes that they made. But the thing that, 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 that they are is they are happy people. They, they are impactful in their community. And though they are very imperfect, people actually look to them to see what's next. Why do I tell you that? Forget what people see and what riches they may have and trying to keep up with the Joneses. That doesn't mean they have it all. It means they have stuff. Look at how uh, people live, how they love, how they interact with individuals, how they, they, they look to grab people and bring them into the loving, their loving arms. Look at how impactful a life can be, and that is the measurement of a good life. God has called us to love God, to love others, and to love ourselves. And God has called us to be courageous, to be loving, to be kind, to be just, to be uh, inviting, to, to introduce. Uh, all those that may not know Jesus to Jesus. It, it, it is a, a purposeful life that God has given us all. And though sometimes we mess up, that does not disqualify us from the good life. If you go into, I believe it's chapter 4, Simon drops down once he realizes who Jesus is after they have fished all night and after Jesus says, push out and he preaches from the boat and, and after uh, he says, I know that you haven't caught anything, throw the net on the other side and they pull in more fish than they can even count. After all of that, he falls on his knees and he says, I am not worthy for I am a sinful man. And Jesus says, that doesn't disqualify you. I knew who you were when I came. When, 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 when we look at him calling his disciples, he called, she left me, ordinary people. 
He called individuals that had influence within the various circles of, of people that would open their ears and hear their voice. He called people to the Gentiles. He called people to the Israelites. He called people to the Hebrews. He called people to people to people to people, and that is who we are. And so what I want you to realize today is this, that just because everything isn't right doesn't mean that you're not in the place that God has for you. Just because there is a storm that is brewing does not mean that you are not live, that you cannot live a good life. If you would change your perception and change your view to seek ye first the kingdom of God and see God in all the little details of life and the people that you can help and the people that he is blessed to be in your life that have lifted you up, that have encouraged you, that have helped you to get where you are, I, I believe that you would realize that in God, there is a good life. I, I want you to understand that the disciples weren't perfect. They were, they were flawed. They had issues. They sinned. They walked away. They denied Jesus after he was, uh, when he was going through his crucifixion, but God still loved them. God still gave them purpose. You are not disqualified. And people of God, if you are seeking after the good life, the first step is to make sure that stuff doesn't have you. God does. The first step is to make sure that in everything you do, you are doing in, uh, in honor and work indeed unto the Lord. The first step is to understand that your life is not your own. And as God propels you forward, there is something for your hands to do. The first thing to do is to get down on your knees and pray. The first thing to do is to read the word. The first thing is to, to, to do is to talk to those God voices in, in your circles. The first thing to do is to seek God for what is next. And I would argue with the, 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 the idea that many might have, and I'm not looking at anyone in particular, and maybe it's not even a person that's in this room that would say, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what's next. God doesn't speak to me. My argument is this. If God says nothing else in his word, he said to love that they would know me by uh, that they would know that you are with me by the way you love. So if all your purpose in life is to do is to love, you have done a wonderful thing for a lot of people to include yourself. So if that is your step, make that step. If, if, if it is fighting for the justice of those that, that are being oppressed, fight on. If it is to, to, to walk in and to get, help give strength to those that feel weak, Help give that strength. If it is to encourage somebody that is on their last leg and not understanding what in the world could be next in their life, give them that encouragement. If it is to be transparent and help people to understand that I didn't get here by myself, there are thousands of people that propelled me forward and not all of them were family, but they love me just the same and I love you and we can get there together, then be that person. The good life is bigger than what you get. It is, it is how you live and what you give. That is the good life. It goes beyond the standard of this world. And meets in, in heaven in a place that is eternal. It is, it is, it is a, a offering that, that the world can't take away. An offering that the worms can't eat and the situations and storms can't corrupt. It, it, it is, uh, the good life is, is something that propels you forward into places you never thought you'd be. Doing things you never thought you'd do for people you never thought you would meet. The good life. It's still not what you thought it was. 
it's still not what I originally expected it to be. But the reward of living it is greater than our eyes could ever imagine, our, our hearts could ever desire. It is greater than anything that we could ever see for the word of God. Jesus, our Savior, proclaims that if we would fight our fight and run our race, there is a reward for us. And even though we are not running just for the reward, we have to understand that in the midst of the storm, we can live a piece of our reward every day. That peace, that joy, that long-suffering, all the things that are listed in 1 Corinthians are ours and ours right now. So my charge for you this week is simply this. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians, maybe 11. It says, follow me as I follow Christ, which I believe was Paul talking to, to the church saying, look, follow my example because I don't get it all right, but I'm, I'm, chasing after Je I'm chasing after Jesus. And if you want to chase after Jesus, let's go together. Paraphrase. That's not the these, the thous, and the arts. And my argument would be if we would run in love towards God and grab the hands of others as we're running, then we would all have a piece of Jesus that propels us forward. If we would run with all that we have towards God and loving people as we uh, go along the way, they might see something in you that they didn't find sitting in the pews of the church that drive them back to the Christ that, that is their salvation. If we would all run after God and run after Jesus with all we have, listening to the Holy Spirit and expecting the Spirit of God to lead our steps, then we would find ourselves in the midst of individuals that are hurting, in the midst of individuals that are lost, in the midst of individuals that need something and all of a sudden, there's a little piece of you that is that something they need. And it is a, 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 a invitation for them to run with you straight to the cross. If the good life was designed just to make us happy by ourselves, we wouldn't be sitting here in this church. The good life was designed to let people know there is hope. There is love, and yes, there is a God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.